helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Life Transformation Show. In today's show, Michael will be using the biblical text from 2 Timothy 3 verses 1 to 2 to launch his topic, Seven Traits of a Narcissistic Father. If you are new to this show, we're on the air every Monday at 9.30 a.m. You can find out more about our not-for-profit organization by going to Elim Counseling Ministry. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M Counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or by calling 1-877-544-3546. Elim is a professional counseling organization that provides professional counseling from a Christian perspective. Your donations help us to stay on the air and to provide subsidized counseling to those who can't afford it. Let's go right into today's show. It is so good to be in studio today to do yet another show. Today's show, Seven Traits of the Narcissistic Father, is a very important and it's going to be a very interesting one. But before we get into the show, some of you out there might be wondering, what do you mean by narcissistic and what is narcissism? The term narcissism comes from the Greek mythological figure Narcissus, who, as the myth goes, was so in love with himself that he committed suicide because he couldn't have the reflection of himself that he saw in a pool of water. In essence, narcissists are people who are so in love with themselves that they become extremely self-centered to the point of lacking empathy for others. Narcissists are not only self-centered, but thinks of themselves as special, brilliant, and better than others. Researchers and authors Twing and Campbell, who wrote the book The Narcissism Epidemic, Living in the Age of Entitlement, reported that there was a 30% increase in narcissistic personality disorder scores of college students between 1979 and 2006. It is so interesting that researchers are finding that narcissism is on the increase when the Bible had said long ago that in the last days, narcissism would be on the increase. Of course, the Bible didn't use the term narcissism, but I want you to listen to the text as I read it from 2 Timothy 3 verse 1 to 2, and in this text you will see many of the traits of narcissism, traits that are outlined by the the manual for for mental illnesses. 2 Timothy 3 verse 1 to 2 reads as follows, But understand that in the last days, Terrible times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy. So there you have it, Second Timothy 3, verse 1 to 2. And the, the verse start, the, the, the section or those two verses start by by 
telling us that in the last days, men will be lovers of themselves. And remember what I said in the beginning when I talk about where the term narcissism comes from. It's from the Greek mythological figure of Narcissus, who was what? in love with himself. So the Bible is telling us that in the last days, men will be lovers of themselves. And researchers are telling us too that narcissism is on the increase. In the book by Twenge and Campbell that's entitled The Narcissism Epidemic, Living in the Age of Entitlement, the authors posit that narcissism has negatively impacted families, institutions, including schools, and even the economy. So it's no wonder that 2 Timothy 3 tells us that in the last days, terrible times will come. And it is my strong belief that as narcissism increase, society will continue to decline. So yes, uh, Twengen Campbell talks about the effect of narcissism on the family. And that is where this show is going to be zero in on today. And in particular, this show, Seven Signs of the Narcissistic Father, I will be drawing upon my experiences as a psychotherapist and my knowledge to talk about seven common experiences reported by children of narcissistic fathers. This is not meant to be used as a diagnosis of anyone, but solely to report general experiences reported by children with narcissistic fathers. But first, before we go into this, let me uh, give a word of clarification about the text that was read earlier. It might seem strange to us that the, the author of the text that we read in Second Timothy believed to be St. Paul, that Paul talks about men being lovers of themselves, and then he goes on to say that these men will be disobedient to parents. Now, this could mean a departure from long-time honored traditions and values held by the parents, and not disobedient in the way in which a child would be disobedient to their parents. So we see that is happening in our society society today. Uh, Men are departing from morals and values and standards that were considered a very important part of the foundation of the previous generation. And as, as society continues, men are coming up with their own standard standards of what's right and what's wrong. So this is what Paul is getting at when he said, in the last days, men will be disobedient to parents. And so let us go now to the heart of the matter as we talk about the seven traits of the narcissistic father. The first of the trait is that narcissistic fathers tend to have a frightening lack of empathy towards their children and towards others. For example, uh, a father who is narcissistic might become extremely angry at a child who falls while he's teaching the child to ride a bike. And so instead of being empathetic towards the child and taking care of the child's wound as the first instinct, the narcissistic father might instead 
instead berate the child for falling. So in other words, the father is thinking about his own pain, that lover of self. He's thinking about his frustration in the child not getting what he's trying to teach him instead of what other fathers would do, which they would be attending to the child's pain and asking, are you okay? Does it hurt? Do you need me to take you to a doctor? One frightening experience that was reported by a client many years ago, he talked about falling while he was being taught to ride a bike and he broke his hand. And instead of his father being 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 empathetic towards him, his father chastised him for being stupid and for not getting the lesson that he was trying to teach him. Narcissi- a narcissistic father might also become upset at you because you are sick and you are not able to meet his needs. Or he might be trying to live his life through you, through a sport. And so you're on the field and you become injured. And instead of being sympathetic or or feeling empathy toward you because you're injured, he's even more upset at you for being injured and for not able to perform to meet his needs. The second of the seven traits of a narcissistic father is that a narcissistic father places his needs ahead of the needs of the family. So, for example, there might not be enough money to pay for you to be in the sport that you love because he has to buy a boat or he has to buy a new motorbike. There might not be enough money for you to go to college because he has to to start that business venture or he has to go on this special uh, trip, this special golf trip with his buddies. And so your your needs come second to your father's need. And so in narcissistic families, it is not surprising for the father, for example, to choose vacations that he wants to go on and pull the family along to go to that place that only he wants to go to, not because anyone else in the family would enjoy being there. The third trait of a narcissistic father is that a narcissistic father might try to turn you against your mother. So this is all part of loving himself, where he is more concerned about getting you to be on his side, getting you to love him more than you love your mother. And he's not thinking that this could be destructive to your relationship with your mother. He's not thinking that you need as a child, you need to have a healthy relationship with your mother to grow up in a healthy way. No, the narcissistic father is more concerned about scoring points. And he will tell you things about your mother that will demean her and that will make you think less of her. And all of this is being done from a selfish motive to meet his needs. So this is what Paul 
talks about in, in the passage that we read early in Second Timothy 3 verse 1 and 2 where men shall be lovers of themselves. So when a father is in love with himself, these are things that he will do. He will put his needs before you. And one of the way he, the narcissistic father, does that is that he will go to great lengths to turn your mind against your mother. So that's the the third trait. The fourth trait of a narcissistic father is that the narcissistic father will miss important events in your life. So this might be out of the fact that he is claiming to be just too busy to be at your graduation or too busy to be at that big sport game that means so much to you that you would give anything to have your father being there to watch you play or to watch you perform. He is too busy. Or it might just be that he has chosen some recreational activity that he wants to do that that has to be done on that day and he's putting that before your need to have him at that game that in which you're playing and so the narcissistic father is not thinking about you in that scenario he's not thinking about how this might hurt you as his child or, or thinking about what it might mean to you to have him there. No, the narcissistic father is more concerned about meeting his need. Or he might miss that game out of, out of spite, right? So you might have done something that makes him angry at you. Maybe he felt that you were, you know, just too loving to your mother and he's trying to turn you against your mother, but he saw you, you know, buy uh, a, a gift for your mother's birthday and he's not happy about that. Or you're doing something that, that to him seems to take away from your love for him or doesn't make him feel as special as he needs to feel. And so he's punishing you for it by not turning up to your event. And it might be a once in a lifetime event. It doesn't matter how big that event is. The narcissistic father will not be thinking about you. He will be thinking about what is best for him. Michael will be right back. You have been listening to the Life Transformation Show where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services has been speaking on the topic Seven Traits of a Narcissistic Father. You can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Back to Michael. So many narcissistic children have experiences such as a father who even misses their wedding, misses their graduation, you know, misses very important events in, in, in their lives. And so special birthdays, for example. And they're, they're missing these events not because of anything significant that they couldn't avoid, but just for the mere fact that they are selfish, they are self-centered, and they are lovers of themselves as the, as the Bible verse that we read earlier states. So now we come to the fifth of the seven signs. 
So the, the seven traits, I should say. So the seven trait of the narcissistic father is that a narcissistic father tend to be in competition with you. So you might have done something that you consider to be very special or, and you're very proud of what you did. And so you're dying to get some sort of affirmation from your father, some sort of praise to show that he liked what you did and that he approves of you. So you might, you might, uh, say, show this to him, show show or tell your achievement to him, and you get a very cold response in in return. So that response could mean that he is threatened by your accomplishment. And so to praise you, he feels as if it's taken away something from him. So he is feeling internal pain because of your success. He's in love with himself and he cannot bring himself to praise you for your accomplishment because he is competing with you. Many narcissists, I would say uh, all narcissists at the root of it is a very fragile self-esteem. So it's not surprising that people who are narcissistic father will not praise their children for their accomplishment. So you might be met with indifference. Or another common occurrence is that you might be so proud of that that 90 that you got on that test and you showed it to your father and he proceeds to tell you of the 100 that he got when he was your age. And this is a way of saying that he is the best. This is a way of saying that, you know, no one can be better than him because this is this is part of the trait of narcissism that they they have this sense of self that is so exaggerated that they cannot uh, stand the feeling that anyone else might have an achievement that they didn't have. So it's not surprising that when Paul talks about these traits of men who love themselves in the last days, in Second Timothy 3, verse 1 to 2 that we read earlier, that he said men would be boastful. And so that is one of the signs of narcissism. So he's competing with you, and so he's boasting about what he has achieved. He's boasting about what he has done instead of affirming you and praising you for your accomplishment. So he has to be better and he has to tell you about your accomplishment. Or he might just put you down to make it seem that your 90 was not good enough. Why is it not 9 to 5? You know, someone else. Or he might make some unfair comparison to someone else who got 9 to 5. And this is all orchestrated to put you down because of him of his insecurity. So narcissistic fathers compete with their children in in direct and indirect ways. The sixth sign of a, a narcissistic father, and this is this is a very, very common one, that a narcissistic father distorts reality to serve his purposes. He distorts reality to serve his purposes. So an example of that could be that you were told that you 
could never achieve a certain task. So, you know, you might have wanted to, to make it into that team that you want to try out for at school. And because he didn't make it on the team as a child, he will tell you that, no, you know, you'll never make it. You know, you should, you should try something different, try out for something else that he was into, you know. And so you might have persevered and you work hard and you trained and you, you made it on that team. And you're so proud to, to tell your dad that, Dad, you know, I made it on the basketball team. And so instead of your dad saying, wow, I'm so proud of you, you know, and, you know, I'm sorry that I told you you couldn't do it. You proved me wrong. Your dad might say, I told you that you could. Remember, I told you that if you just work hard enough, you you could achieve it. And so this is a part of, of, of narcissism behavior that is called gaslighting, where a narcissistic father will change reality to make you feel that you didn't understand what you see. And sometimes you can even feel that you are losing your mind. And what is at the root of this is that a narcissistic father always has to be right. And so you might be saying that, you know, you might have come up with an example where he was debating you on something and you went to the internet and you looked it up and you carried it to him as proof that, you know, dad, you say that this was the answer, but here it is, you know, it's actually this answer instead. And he will deny, either deny that the answer is wrong, even though the evidence is there right in front of him. He will discredit the source or will he, he will say, that's exactly what I was saying. And you're thinking to yourself, am I going crazy? Didn't he just debate me that that answer was incorrect? And now he's saying that he's saying the same thing. So this gaslighting distorts reality to serve his purposes. So people who have narcissistic fathers often feel as if they're losing their mind because things are so twisted and and reality is so twisted to serve his purposes that you can never win an argument, you can never make a point to to prove him wrong. And even when you you think that you you caught your father in a lie that's obvious. He will make it seem as if it's the truth. If you say that the the sky is blue, he will distort reality to make you believe that the sky is purple. And if you happen to prove that the sky is blue, he will say, that's what I said. I told you the sky was blue. So again, at the root of this is this insecurity that narcissistic fathers have, that they always have to be to be right. And then the the seventh and final sign of the narcissistic father is that narcissistic father the narcissistic father has this sense of grandiosity. So by grandiosity as the term so suggests it means that he is better than everyone. He's smarter than everyone. He knows everything. And it's it's not it's not unusual for narcissistic father to have this 
public persona that make them the envy of other children. So people might look at how your father presents himself in public and they will tell you, you know, I wish my dad was like that. I wish I had a dad like yours. And so you are thinking, you know, if you only knew the kind of dad that I have. And so the, the, the reason for this is this sense of grandiosity that that narcissistic father will exaggerate who they are on social media and exaggerate their kindness to others outside of the family. They might always be ready to do things for other people. But this is all to get a reputation, to boast, to make people feel that they're someone that they're not. So they might go to great extent to build a, a version of their life on social media That's the, that is the envy of everyone else. And you might be looking at that and realizing as their child that this is not real. And so this dynamic that I have talked about in a, a family with a narcissistic father might go on for years unchecked. And it might become the norm of the family where the mother and the children who are part of that family uh, sees it as, as the norm and no one challenges the narcissist. But from experience, what eventually happens is that a child might marry someone else who is not part of that system. And as a result of that child's awareness that something is wrong in this family system, the narcissist might become challenged and the scales might be removed from the eyes of the narcissistic child who who for the first time might start realizing that there is nothing wrong with me, there is something wrong with my father. So there is often a tension that develops in the family system where eventually the narcissist might find themselves isolated from that child and their grandchildren and the spouse. Because one of the characteristics of narcissists, because of this sense of grandiosity that we talked about in the seventh point, where they are always right and they know best and they're, they're better than everyone. Narcissists usually do not attend counseling. And if they do so, they're doing so for selfish means. They're trying to control or to appease you. And they're not genuinely trying to change. So narcissists usually believe that they know better than the therapist and that they can they can outsmart the therapist. So it's very unlikely that a narcissist will be involved in long-term counseling that could that could restore the kind of relationship that you want with them. So it's important that if for you to realize that you will probably never get the love, attention, or affirmation that you need from your father if your father has these traits that we have talked about before. So coming to this place of acceptance, it's a very important place to, to come to because you could try for several lifetimes and the narcissist will not change. So there you have it, the seven traits of a narcissistic father. If you'd like to to talk 
to me more about this, then you can give us a call at one eight seven seven five four four three five four six, or you can go to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. If you have missed the first part of this podcast to hear the seven traits, you can listen to it on our YouTube channel by going to our website and accessing our YouTube channel from there. We also want to remind you that. Elim is a not-for-profit organization that provides subsidized counseling to those in need. So we do depend on your donations to be able to provide counseling to those who are financially disadvantaged. We also want to remind you that this is a listener-sponsored Broadcast. So we ask that if you have not contributed to this show as yet, that you do so, uh, consider doing so by making a donation. You can donate by going to our website, elimcounselingministry.com, or you can donate, become a Patreon, a monthly sponsor by as for as little as five dollars monthly. And if we have several people who are donating five dollars monthly, it adds up over time. So no amount is too small. Please consider becoming a a, a sponsor of this show by going to our Patreon page. Patreon slash Elim Patreon.com slash Elim counseling. And so I want to thank you for listening to this show and also to remind you that we have over 200 shows on our YouTube channel that you can listen to. And so until next time, this is your host Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. Mm-hmm.